Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, but he's on assignment doing um, things that are on assignment. So no BJ Shea. But we've got Joey D's running the board. Hello. On today's show, we will get information from Gareth von Kallenbach from CES and some news about E3. We will talk about Picard because that is out now. So after this podcast, go watch it and then we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> Maybe some more. And then, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. .com. Uh, or, you know, <laughs> just find us everywhere. Yep, yep. Like social medias. I'm still stuck because I'm still trying to get the Facebook thing working. Please we're, we're, know that we're working on it. Yep, we're working on it. We'll get it out there for everyone. But, just uh, until then, shoot us emails. And uh, still leave us reviews on, on uh, iTunes. Yep, on iTunes, on whichever thing that you uh, do review things on, I guess. Uh, all of, all of them. Yeah, yeah, we're on a whole bunch of things. Definitely radio.com for that as well. And uh, if we see your reviews, we'll give you a shout out. We had one that came from B underscore Fife, like P F E I F. So thanks for that. He says. I'm not much of a board game person in the sense that I don't play often, but I do enjoy listening to BJ and guests introduce new games they have found out about. There is a game you can buy on Steam called Tabletop Simulator, and they actually have a bunch of different board games you can download from the Steam Workshop. Anyways, I love listening to you guys on the radio in the morning and on your podcasts after. Really helps me get through the first of my work day. Keep kicking butt, guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, B. Now, if you want to shoot me an email, bjgeeknation uh, at gmail.com, we will send you a nice and fancy comic book that is completely random from a pull box that I got from Destiny City Comics in Tacoma. And inside of that, I will actually sign a little placard and uh, I'll get Joe to do it. I'll get BJ to do it. Even though he's on assignment, he can make some time to do it. He can do it. And of course, Vicky, all four of us will send that to you. Yes. So uh, if you do that, let us know. I really do appreciate all of the uh, feedback and the five-star reviews. I really enjoy all of that. Now, let's get to Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach because he is from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And while we didn't have him last week, he was suffering from what you would call the con crud. Conitis. Mm-hmm. Yes, because uh, he went to the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, and uh, so now he's got some information about that. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us, and you can get information about tech, about gaming, about just so many things over at Skewed and Reviewed, and you can find that at SKNR.net. But Gareth, we missed you last week because of the old sickness and a little bit of the con crud, and it wasn't so much a convention that you went to, but I mean, the Consumer Electronics Show really is... Uh, how did it go for you there? It was kind of a lot of what we had seen in the past. You know, some years you get um, 
not a lot of innovation per se, more of refinement. Mm. And what we saw was a lot of 8K televisions, but we saw little uh, tweaks to them, like, for example, uh, glass panels that just kind of hung there where the optics and everything were above it. So it doesn't take up as much space. And then the idea behind it is that when the TV's off, you can walk completely around it. People can see through the screen and see what's on the other side, that sort of thing. We saw a little more of the picture televisions that looked like a piece of uh, artwork on the wall, and they have the frame and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's the uh, television, that oh, sort of thing. Cool. But it was uh, mainly, you know, a lot of enhancements. Like, here's our latest microphone this is an enhanced version of the one that you saw a year and a half ago or here's our new router we saw a lot of stuff that uh, people were saying these won't be out till later in the year but they'll take they'll be 5g compatible that sort of thing so kind of like they're waiting for the networks to catch up um kind of stuff but like i said we didn't really see things that we looked at and said wow that's radically different than things we saw in the past it was just you know, refinements and improvements along the way. That's kind of interesting at that point because, I mean, are 8K TVs, like, still without, uh, you know, out of the range of, like, the normal consumer at this point? Or do you feel that these refinements and stuff are actually going to make them something that's going to be closer for people to actually get without destroying their bank account? Well, I think that's going to be dependent on uh, technology and the push, meaning... Right now, they're horribly expensive. Now, mm-hmm. if the TV networks and the streaming services start stepping up and saying, we're going 8K, then you're going to see the demand. If you see these new video game consoles uh, shock everybody and say, you know, most people think they're going to be 4K compliant. If they come out and say, hey, we can support 8K graphics, now you're going to see a demand. Good call on that. That's kind of an interesting point on that. And I'm just like, the, the the big thing on me on that is like, we see all these super amazing things at the Consumer Electronics Show. And you've even stated this before. A lot of the times it's just prototype. Like, you may never see something along these lines. But when you hear something along the lines of just like upgrades, like with the new consoles or going to the 8K TV, those seem attainable. Yeah, exactly. And, then, you know, and the other thing, too, is I always caution people. You'll see things there that might be twenty, thirty thousand $30,000. Now, <laughs> for the average person, they say absolutely not. But you have to understand, there's hotel chains there. There's um, mm. all sorts of tech giants, millionaires, so on and so forth. To them, that's like dropping 500 bucks for a TV. And they'll say, yeah, I'll take 10 of those. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's always the way of any new technology. There are always early adopters who say, don't care what it's cost, has to get it. And the studios count on that because we've always heard the stories about various electronics, game consoles in particular, are often sold at a loss so they could make it up down the road. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of one of those games where they go, well, they, you know, the public is never going to pay 25000 a piece. They might pay 5000 So let's get as many of these people wanting to buy the $25,000 ones as we can, cover our costs, and then we'll switch to consumer mode build up that hype i love that and also i mean people can find out all the ins and outs at sknr.net let's move on from that and talk about what's coming up this summer because e3 is one of the biggest conventions and one of the biggest shows ever and sony is just like saying nah peace out right yeah now this of course is uh as you can imagine, it's basically thrown a lot of the gaming industry in 
uh, complete chaos and disarray. So we have E3, which is the biggest gaming show out there. It comes out in June in Los Angeles. And we've talked in the past how you get the naysayers to come out and E3 is dying, E3 is dying, this is it, this is it. And then it comes out and has successful shows. Then you have a show like last year where Sony didn't attend and, oh, E3 is dying, E3 is dying, here you go. (laughs) And when they pulled out again this year, the same thing came about. Well, what is basically happening is we have talked about how they've started to allow the general public in. About 10,000, 15,000 of them can buy tickets now and attend the show. There is a pretty firm belief based on some of the things people behind E3 have said they're kind of in a matter of transition. They don't want to necessarily be the show for the media, for the buyers, for the insiders. They're trying to be a more all-inclusive event. I would say possibly like PAX, where there's a place for the media, there's a place for the public. It's more of a celebration that features the games and that sort of things. And they think a lot of people think that that's where they're transitioning to. Well, Sony came out and basically said they have no they're not going to be attending. And this was immediately followed by a statement from the folks behind E3 essentially touting uh what a vibrant and dynamic show it is and what a um you know vital thing it is toward the gaming community, so on and so forth, which was also followed by Microsoft saying, yeah, we're going to be there. So you kind of get the idea that maybe this has become personal somewhere along the way. And what's got everybody going, okay, this isn't making sense here, is that both Microsoft and Sony have new consoles coming out in the holiday season. We're we're kind of thinking November for the PlayStation 5. And what essentially Sony is saying is that we're going to do our own thing. We're going to have hundreds of consumer events, their words, hundreds of consumer events, and so on and so forth. And, you know, you kind of look back to last year. They weren't at E3, but, boy, they certainly were at PAX West. And, true, yeah. you know, you again, you come out to it and say, you won't be at this one, you won't be at this one, but you're going to be at this one. So there's a lot of speculation, especially to the point where, they're allowing their biggest competition to go to E3 completely unchallenged. And many people say, well, Sony's overly arrogant. Some people are saying, well, what reason do they not? They're destroying the consumer market. They have it absolutely locked up. They've got all the major exclusives for the most part. What reason do they have not to believe it's going to be a hit? And I think that what you're going to see is you're going to see live stream events. They perhaps might do a preemptive strike ahead of E3 and drop Uh, what they have, or they might simply wait for Microsoft to come out and do their show and their whole thing and basically say, okay, there it is. Now we're going to tailor our response to make ours look that much better. Because when you're at E3, you you know, you're off doing your thing. They're off doing their thing. They make their presentation. You have to make yours an hour or two later. And they might say, we want more time to customize it. I think you might see like a mall tour or various pop-up events or something. Cause it, you know, there's that phrase hundreds of consumer events. And that to me is that's not a live stream. I'm like, maybe they're going to take the trucks out and they're going to go on like a mall tour and, you know, hit various cities up and come out and see the game, come out and see the system, something, but they're confident they don't need E3. 
Well, we'll have to see what happens at E3, and I know you're going to have the finger on the pulse, and people, like I said, can get more information about what you saw at CES. Go ahead and go to SKNR.net, follow on all social media. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, skewed and reviewed, SKNR.net. Now, this is some big news. BJ is super stoked about it, and somehow I feel that his on assignment might be watching this. So we'll get his review from Picard that is on the CBS All Access app next week. Uh, It comes out on Thursday. Uh, Let you know that we record on Thursdays, so we haven't had a chance to watch it. And that's kind of how we uh, keep uh, the the week behind on all of that. Uh, Joe, do you plan on watching it? Yeah, you know, uh, I like Discovery. Mm-hmm. Thought it was overall it was definitely a worthwhile show. Uh, Picard seems to be exactly the same kind of build of a show where they're going to follow him with a new cast, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be a little bit slower, but probably a little bit more uh, involved in the world of Starfleet. So I'm excited. And so Star Trek Picard on CBS All Access shows uh, takes place nearly 20 years after Data's death in Nemesis. Picard has retired from Starfleet, and you've seen the trailers. He's uh, heading up on his old wine fields, um, but he's drawn back to space after a mysterious girl asks for his help. And if you saw the San Diego Comic-Con trailer, that's everything was there. Uh, apparently in the first season, we're going to get an update on what happened to Hugh, the Borg drone that Picard freed from the Collective. It's also going to deal with how the Federation has changed since the destruction of Romulus in the rebooted Star Trek movies, so it's going to take that timeline to a- account. So that's kind of interesting how they're doing with that. Like, I don't know necessarily how that's going to work out because I like. Yeah, why? Like, it's, I guess, is it part of the divergent timeline now at that point? Like, that's the Hmm. only way that they're going to have to be able to do that. Yeah, that's only 20 years, too, they said, right? So how is that? Kirk and everything's what I, what you know yeah I, timelines man yeah we're gonna have to see how they're gonna do that um, and if you're worried about whether or not this is going to be getting a second season yes it's already been renewed for a second season even though wow. it came out yesterday and uh, actually this is kind of cool too because uh, Mr. Picard. Mr. Picard, uh, Mr. Jean Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart <laughs> was uh, a guest on The View. And he was uh, on with Whoopi Goldberg. You may remember Whoopi in Star Trek The Next Generation was Guinan, the bartender who knew way too much. Almost <laughs> almost like a Q-type character. Very much so. Yeah. Like, I think like a, like an old Celestial like that, if you want to look into like the, uh, uh, the MCU type of terminology. And actually, he did something really cool. I'm here with a, a formal invitation. Oh. And... Um, it's for you, Whoopi. Oh, well, for me. Um, Alex Kurtzman, who is the senior executive producer of Star Trek Picard, oh. and all of his oh. colleagues, of which I am one, want to invite you into the second season. Oh. Nice. Everyone's cheering, losing their minds. You need to watch the video, though. She's she's all emotional. It's amazing. And that's one of the fun parts about all of this is that uh, if you didn't know, the reason why she was Guinan on the show was because she's a massive Star Trek fan. And she wanted to fit a way to be on the show 
you know, going around her uh, shooting schedule as an actor. And I think I remember like in an interview or something, she had said why she loved Star Trek so much. She was a little girl watching and then she saw Uhura on screen. Oh, yeah. Played by Nichelle Nichols. And she ran in and grabbed her mom. She's like, mom, mom, look, a black woman on TV. And she's not a maid. She's not the help. She's an important character. One of the most Ooh, important I characters. I know, me too. It, because it's like you have this 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 woman here who is the communications officer. She's the one talking and communicating with whatever weird life forms and also with Starfleet and all of these different things. Immensely important. She's on the bridge for yeah, for goodness sake. And so it's like a very important character. I love the fact that she was that kind of all-knowing or at least being able to give some insight or some advice to various members of the crew, most of the time Data or Picard. Yeah, I also love that Q hated her. It's like, don't trust her. Yeah. Yeah, don't trust her. Yeah, like I'm going to trust you, Q. Yeah, the guy who has done – He's done good, but he's like that chaotic good. Yeah, and you can tell if you piss off a character like Q, who's apparently, I mean, close to godlike in that show. Oh, yeah. That she must also be close to godlike. Yeah, and it's the same thing. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to hang out here and kind of guide a couple people, and that's going to be about it. And it was perfect. So having her back in any capacity for the second season will be a lot of fun. we got to get through the first season. Uh, some of the characters that uh, are coming back for this, if you've seen any of the trailers, we do know that Lieutenant Commander Data is back. And it'll be interesting because he did die in Nemesis, like I just previously said. Luckily, and, he's a robot. Right. He's an android. So we'll have to see if it's actually Data or if they're doing a sort of uh, twist there. Because uh, Brent Spiner played a couple of different characters. But he looks good. It looks like they've done some CGI stuff because, I mean, Data is supposed to be an android who doesn't age. Very true. So we'll have to see how that kind of works out on that. Also, one that I wasn't really quite expecting was Seven of Nine. Um, she was the former Borg drone who broke her connection with the Borg hive mind, shed her cybernetic implants, and reclaimed her, her humanity, but she wasn't on the next generation. No, she uh, was on Voyager, and yeah. they made it back to the, was it the Delta? No, they're not, they were in the Delta Quadrant. They made it back to our quadrant, right? Oh. At the very last episode of Voyager. Okay. But I don't, I mean, I don't ever remember them talking about, I think Janeway did a guest appearance in one of the shows at some point, or at least mentioned, so, so it makes it was, sense that she's in the world. I was going to say in the same timeline, because, yeah. I mean, from what I understand, like, uh, the whole Spock and Kirk thing happened years before Patrick Stewart's yeah. uh, reign, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically. Like, I mean, both literally in real life and in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, well, how are they going to fit it in? It's obvious that she's a part of it. And uh, everybody knows that Picard had a very tumultuous relationship with the Borg himself. Yes. I mean, her uh, seven of nine and him because he was Locutus, it makes sense that they would have a shared bond with that sort of thing as well. Yeah, it makes me think that the Borg have to be a big part of this show because, like you said, he has a big part of it. She had a big part of it. They seem to be more of the reoccurring characters than the other guest stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what what? They're the best bad guy. Like I get that they got rid of the Borg for whatever reason, you know, because mm-hmm. they just didn't fit the timeline. And Q was like, "Oh, hey man, like the Borg are gonna come and destroy you." And that was kind of the whole warning in the next gen, and they played that out throughout the seasons. But I mean, who doesn't want to see the cubes kick ass again? Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's the big, it's the big bad. It's the biggest bad. And so I'm kind of wondering how long, how they're going to bring those along and how much of a threat that is going to be the thing for the show. So if you guys have the CBS All Access Pass, I believe that all the old episodes, all the Star Treks are on there for available to watch. That would make sense. <clears throat> but uh, one thing I quickly found, I can run down real fast. It's uh, 
12 essential Star Trek Voyager episodes to watch before you watch Picard. Okay. So that way you don't have to watch the whole thing. You can just kind of go in. <laughs> yeah, nice. All right, cool. Uh, Perfect. One being Deadlock, which is season two, episode 21. Tuvix, season two, episode 24. Holy crap. Scorpion parts one and two, mm-hmm. which is season three, episode 26. And then season four, episode one. Uh, years, Year of Hells, part one and two, season four, episodes eight and nine. Living Witness, season four, episode 23. Drone, season five, t- episode two. Makes sense. Timeless, season five, episode six. Uh, Latin Image, season five, episode 11. Someone to Watch Over Me, season five, episode 22. God, Seven of Nine looks gorgeous in this world. <laughs> um, and I'll just do up to 10. Uh, Equinox, part one and two, which is episode, or season five, episode 26, and then season six, episode one. Okay. But there's plenty. Actually, there's only two other ones. Sorry, I lied. Blink of an Eye, season six, episode 12. End Games, part one and two, season seven, episodes 25 and 26. Perfect. And a big list on that one. But uh, Vicky will post that as well on our uh, well, Twitter. On our, uh, on our Twitter, <laughs> at BJ Geek Nation. And some people are kind of interested as to why maybe Patrick Stewart wanted to do this. And uh, he's actually inspired by current, current events around the world. Stewart wanted to make the setting and institutions within the Star Trek franchise less comfortable and utopian that they had been depicted in previous in the previous series, Star Trek The Next Generation. He says, quote, In a way, the world of Next Generation had been too perfect and too perfected. It was the Enterprise. It was a safe world of respect and communication and care and sometimes fun. And uh, he recalls this with an interview with Variety. Instead, he sought to use the new series to reflect current events. Noting Picard was me responding to the world of Brexit and Trump and feeling, why hasn't the Federation changed? Why hasn't Starfleet changed? Maybe they're not as reliable or as trustworthy as we thought. And that's what we've seen in the previews as well. So it'll be seeing him dealing with a man uh, out of his own time. Well, not out of his own time, but out of the time of uh, anything because he's been retired for a while. Coming back saying, hey, this mysterious girl has an issue. And they're like, we don't really care. And then him taking it upon himself. So I'm really actually very stoked to see this. I'm probably going to have to borrow someone's CBS All Access, but maybe we can make a trade with the old BJ Shay, not to uh, incriminate anyone, but we don't need to talk about that right now, <laughs> because now it is time to get to The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? Do we still have, is it a, a dearth of movies, or do we have uh, any good ones coming up? Uh, oh, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on what you like. Okay. All right. Um, one that's getting 64% is one I've never even heard of called The Last Full Measure. And it's a war movie based in the Vietnam War. It's mm. based on a true story. True story. Um, but that's only getting 64% as of now. And that's only 25 votes. Um, there are a few actors of, you know. Ooh, Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Yep. Uh, Ed Harris, Christopher Plummer, Sebastian Stan. Who you may know as the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier. He's probably not the Winter Soldier in this movie. But he is a soldier, apparently. I'm guessing. <laughs> is it set in winter? No. no probably, uh, probably not. not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another one, and just based on the stupid trailer picture. <laughs> oh, no. It's a, it's a horror movie yeah. called The Turning. Oh. I'm getting 25% as oh, horror no. movies do. Yeah. Um, but uh, this one has Finn Wolfhart, we know from Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, says, uh, the turning takes us on a mysterious estate in the main countryside where a newly appointed nanny named Kate is charged with the care of two disturbed orphans, Flora and Miles, which one includes Finn Wolfhard. 
Quickly, though, she discovers that both the children and the house are harboring dark secrets and things may not be as they appear. There's Ooh. a spider coming out of the, one of the kids' mouths. It's like, oh, oh, that, I mean, oh that's the one that got you. It's clearly CGI. You can tell it's CGI, but still, nope. Now, that's a question for you, Vicky. I mean, that totally icked you out, and that's a thing there. But say you were in a movie, and they were say, all right, Vicky, you're going to have a spider coming out of your mouth, but it will be CGI. So you personally aren't going to have to deal with that. But would you ever watch a movie with you in it with a spider coming out of your own mouth? I think because I know it's fake. Yeah. I think it'd be fine. But you know, this one is fake. And you got literally squicked out right there. Right. But I mean, I feel like if I was there, what are they doing? They put like a little, uh, what are those, hacky sack in my mouth to emulate it. I'm like, at least I know. I'm like, that's a hacky sack. I don't know what they put (laughs) in his mouth or her mouth. I don't know who it was. Is anyone else surprised this movie is not about zombies? Oh, the, the turning. turning? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> there is actually a movie I've never heard of. It looks probably, it has a bunch of like TIFF and stuff banners on their poster. It's called Zombie Child and it's spelled Z-O-M-B-I. Okay. So it's it's, it's interesting because it's, um, so back in Haiti, 1962, a man is brought back from the dead only to be sent to the living hell of the sugarcane fields. In Paris, 55 years later, at the prestigious Légion d'Honneur boarding school, Ooh. a Haitian girl confesses an old family secret to a group of new friends, never imagining that the strange tale would convince a heartbroken classmate to do the unthinkable. Not the unthinkable. And one of the things with Haitian culture is the zombie is spelled Z-O-M-B-I, ah. so that's why they do that. Uh, gotcha. That yeah, makes a lot of makes, sense. Uh, yeah. It's uh, not rated, but it does have 87% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I wonder if it's going to be one of those like limited releases in the uh, artsy houses sort of thing. That's the vibe I'm getting. And it's an international release at that point, I feel, like just, just because of the way. I mean, maybe not, but yeah. And uh, the only other movie that's coming out that's not even, it's not geeky, but it has a lot of big names in it, and there's not a whole lot of other movies to really <laughs> see this weekend. It's called The Gentleman. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. It's getting 75% Rotten Tomatoes. But you have guys like Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, you know, Eddie Marzin, uh, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant. Damn. It's got an all-star cast. What's that one about? Uh, So it follows an American uh, guy named Mickey, played by Matthew McConaughey, who built a highly profitable marijuana empire in London. And when word gets out that he's looking to cash out of the business forever, it triggers plot schemes, bribery, and blackmail and attempt to steal his domain out from, you know, under him. It sounds like, yeah, snatch or lock, stock, and two smoking, sort of those things. I mean... Yeah, that's But with means, Matthew McConaughey, I'm kind of in on Ritchie, this. Yeah. yeah, I'm in on this. I think this will be interesting. Uh, and Colin Farrell looks pretty legit, too. So this looks <laughs> like it'll be a good movie. Well, all sorts of different things that, you know, I mean, if you're a film geek, this is uh, the weekend for you on that end. Let us know if there's anything you see that you think that we should see. Uh, or, you know, even if it's something that maybe a couple weeks passed or the things that you're looking forward to. We always love to hear about that. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.